Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 123. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here once again with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, we are recording this on a Monday, uh, Monday the 10th of September. We, um, we did not record on our usual Friday, but that's okay because we've been uh, gifted a, a, a nice topic and well, we've talked about this before. We're talking about the Equifax breach, but the uh, there's a new report. Uh, the Government Accountability Office released a report based on the sort of federal investigation that was ushered into uh, Equifax following the breach and collecting. The s- yeah, the senators asked for it. Yeah, the senator, which was I, I you know, I, I give them a little credit. I totally forgot about that. That they. Uh, had said, well, th- you know, we need to look into this and uh, we demand answers, you know, mm-hmm. as they say. And sure enough, the the GAO looked into this. They consulted other agencies. And this is the report they came out with. And I'll say right off the bat, there's no sort of explosive, uh, eye-opening, oh, my God, I didn't know this before, type revelations in there. But I I think the report says a lot, bringing all this information together about the Equifax breach, it says a lot about what happened. It also says a lot about what's going on in the government, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But starting off, uh, like a quick summary of this report, one of the things that uh, they talked about uh, right off the bat was that this, this breach happened pretty quickly initially so the initial penetration i think they said the the attackers were in the equifax environment for like 70 something days 76 if i remember correctly that's after they yeah after once they started getting in to the good stuff yeah it was it was about two and a half months it's crazy and so but they said that in this report they said the apache struts vulnerability that was used for the initial intrusion into the uh, the online dispute portal of Equifax. That vulnerability went live. It, w- it was published, made public in March. And then two days later, just two days later, attackers started scanning the environment, like the, the Equifax network, for that flaw. And that seems, what's, what, what is your take? I know what my take is on that. I mean, if you're if you're a malicious actor, yes, and you're not keeping track of zero days and things like that, you're doing malpractice for yeah. hackers. I mean, the same as if you're in cybersecurity and you're not protecting against things sure. that are pretty basic, you're also doing malpractice. But in this case, these at- these attackers were clearly they were they're on top of things. Yeah, there's a big a big vulnerability. Well, let's see how we can uh, exploit it, I guess. I mean, that's the only, that's the picture in my mind. A little too on top of it for me. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is obviously the most high-profile example of the vulnerab- of that specific Apache Struts vulnerability being exploited. Mm-hmm. How come there aren't a bunch of others? It, it seems a little unusual that, I mean, two days after this thing is made public, Someone's going right at Equifax specifically to look for this vulnerability. And to be honest with you, 
let's say we're, we're going to get into the details about all the missed signals and signs and how come they didn't know about this vulnerability? How come they didn't move faster on it? How, how did it slip through the cracks? But let's say they they did do all of their due diligence. Do we really expect them to patch it within two days? Well, I mean, I think one of the one of the takeaways that I got from the whole report is that there was not defense in depth deployed here. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. So, but still, two yeah, days. Two I mean, days it, is fast. Two, but, day, two days would be fast for a, a major enterprise, right? Yeah. Oh, for for patching, sure. Yeah, of course. But they had so the attackers were scanning. Yep. Within a couple of days of, yeah. of the the report, but once they, it doesn't. Does it say how long it took them to actually get to the point where they were Co- in the databases? Couple days. I I think oh. I if, if I have that correctly, I think okay. what happened was they got into the online portal. They realized once they were in that. Um, part of the environment, they could start using uh, sort of, they live off the land, they were started using en- encrypted communications channels that were already there to their advantage, they started issuing commands, Yeah. So started querying, which we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not so, like it's not like it was a sophisticated malware attack or anything. No. This was sort of like they, they, they grabbed a, a zero day, they, they scanned, they, got, they found a... But not even a zero day, I don't think it was under attack when CERT issued the announcement i'd have to go back and look i i thought it was just oh this is this is we someone found this it's a vulnerability patch yeah you need to patch yeah well even so they the thing was they 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 found the vulnerability they scanned and found the the vulnerable systems and then they started doing their you know they got in there and then they pivoted yep and they and they did surveillance and some reconnaissance and they found the the good systems that they wanted to hit. So, I mean, it was, it's like a textbook example of uh, an attack. And, and the thing that, reading through the report for me, the big takeaway I got was that, well, this sounds like, this sounds like it could have applied to a company like um, uh, Target or, or any number of other companies that were, say, retailers who got hit with big um, exploits, say, four or five years ago, where, you know, four or five years ago is a different time, and we've learned we should have learned a lot from that. But yeah. the fact that we're reading about this company that has not learned from those lessons yeah. is kind of disconcerting. Um, but yeah, the, it's as you say, they're they're in there pretty fast, and they pivoted and they got their yeah their their targets, and they started just downloading their data. Yeah, I I my. I'm leaning towards the idea that the attackers in this case, they had, they had Equifax in their sites prior to the vulnerability, ah. and they they had them on their short list, or they were specifically going after them for whatever reason. And once this popped up, they said, "Here's another thing we can look at." They scan it. They find that that yep, they are using a version of Apache Struts that has not been patched yet, and that's that's where they went. Two days just seems it's right in that sweet spot after a vulnerability is disclosed, uh, and and you think you know you hope that most enterprises patch within a week. Two days is pretty quick. So that that's it, I'm not I'm not sort of I'm not saying that to give. Um, 
to give Equifax a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as we're going to see, the, the, there are a lot of other things going, a lot of other things that went on here. Uh, I'm just saying that it's something to consider. I mean, it certainly makes sense. And the thing that I that when you raise that issue, it makes me wonder: were they just looking at Equifax, or were they looking at at all the credit reporting agencies? So. You know the you know the old saying vertical industries tend to stack similarly you know with their IT. We haven't heard anything about Experian or uh, Trans TransUnion, Trans TransUnion or Transurion, TransUnion. But so I, I we haven't heard any other report again. Like we haven't heard a lot of reports about that Apache Struts being vulnerability being exploited in other big brand name enterprises. We didn't hear about the other credit agencies. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's because they patch quicker or because, uh, you know, Experian was specifically targeted by the threat actors in this, uh, in this Equ- case. Equifax. E- Equifax, right, correct. Yes, we, we're getting our names all confused now already. We're right. not even 10 minutes into the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but you mentioned defense in depth. So this is an important part of the, the story. Uh, the, like you, it, it's very clear reading the report to me that there are a lot. It, the, the Apache Struts vulnerability was something that was in the headlines. A lot of people pointed to. I mean, we we had multiple stories about that sort of being the entry point. But it's the entry point. It's not. It's just a piece of the puzzle. It's a small part ultimately of the breach because the, all, all they gained access to initially was that online dispute portal. But because there weren't other things in place, and the report talks about this, uh, they were able to move laterally fairly easily. They used these encrypted communication channels. The databases, this was crazy. Databases weren't segmented or isolated at all. The report makes no mention that any of the data was encrypted. Yeah, it wasn't. So you got to believe it wasn't. None of it was. And the credentials weren't weren't protected either. So. So once these guys started digging around and doing all these, you know, all, all these, uh, you know, searches and started poking around, they just found these credentials lying around in folders. It doesn't, it doesn't say, but I assume they're just sitting there in folders or on lists somewhere. And they went and they grabbed them, and they just moved up the chain until they got to the databases that they wanted. I mean, that's bad. You you think about that? Okay, they use the Apache Struts vulnerability. They get into the to a small part of the of the of the environment that doesn't really matter. Online dispute portal? What does that get you? Well, actually it from if I remember correctly from my reading, the that portal had had a fair amount of data not not on not anywhere near the order of magnitude of data that they got ultimately, but there was in the dispute portal apparently there's a fair amount of of personal information. Yeah. Um no, I mean, but that's still that's it's a it's a far it's got to be a far cry from the hundred and or three hundred and whatever it was one hundred eighty million, one hundred forty million, however many people. Oh, ultimately, one hundred forty-five yeah. yeah. or so million. Yeah. Households, or was it people? People, I think it was individual consumers. It was okay. Yeah. Households, that would be whoa, that would be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so. In addition to that, the database queries, I think we talked about this before, 
we got on the uh, microphone here. Hmm. Nine thousand. They ran nine thousand database queries, and at first, I, you know, my question was, well, is that is that abnormal? Like, how many are they are they doing? I mean, they are a data company, so maybe that's not unusual. But the report says that's many more than would be needed for normal operations. Unquote. But for whatever reason, the queries, all these queries going into the databases, no one noticed them. None of the admins, none of the people operating it, none of the security folks on the back end, no one noticed it. So there's another thing, defense in depth, like you said, Peter. Then our favorite subject, Peter, certificates. Certificates slip up. Uh, the attackers were able to get, so, so they, they, they get into the environment they, you know, they, they use the, the vulnerability to get in. They start moving around because there's no segmentation. There's no sort of isolation. They get the data, uh, the initial data, uh, and they get the credentials because none of it's encrypted. Then they start moving up the chain, and then they can extract it all because apparently this traffic inspection device, the monitoring system that they had in place, was not was misconfigured because of a a digital certificate that had expired 10 months earlier. Well, these things happen. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Come on, you can't expect expect everyone to be on top of expiration dates for all of their signatures and all of their certificates. But you yeah. would hope that a company that, that, that lives and dies by data would be taking care of these things. But since it's not their customer's data, then yep. it's not that important. It's... It's interesting to me because it's it's just another sort of example of one thing. Like one thing by itself would not have led to this whole thing happening. But you take all of these things and put them together and you get what you got. Right. And Go ahead. You were I know. I was just going to say it's like any disaster. Disasters are, are what happens when you've got a, a string of of unforeseen negative yep. uh, uh, um, occurrences that just sort of together they string together and they yeah. turn into a, a mega disaster. A mega breach. A mega breach. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think this constitutes as uh, like a mega breach. Oh. Was that McAfee that did that report? No, it was um, IBM uh. with uh, Poneman. The right, the the mega breach is the cost of the data breach study for last year. Um, but that, I'm glad you mentioned that because that brings up something that Rob Lee of Dragos has talked about. He he sort of pushes back against the wisdom that attackers only have to be right once. And, or or uh, attackers can be uh, can be wrong multiple times, mm. but the but you know the defenders have to be right all of the time. And he said eh, it's not really true. It's hard to get to, to do all the stuff that attackers want to do, and they can get caught, or they they can you know there many many attempts can fail, and they can just move on. So he's sort of pushed back against that that sort of ethos that you know you hear time and again. Um, in this case, it's it's true. I mean, like there's so many little things that they had to do to get what they wanted, um, and there's more, Peter. There's more in this GAO report. Going back to the vulnerability, the Apache vulnerability. Now, I I didn't know this. We all knew that, like, oh, they they you know Equifax said that they were aware of of the 
of, of the vulnerability or whatever, and they did scans, but for whatever reasons, the scans were misconfigured and they missed it. But this, I don't, I don't remember seeing this in, before the report came out. Uh, it said the company also had a recipient list for the sysadmins that were running the different servers that had, you know, Apache struts on them. And they got the U.S. cert notice saying, Apache struts group has released a new patch. It's important. Go and patch your systems. They forwarded it, but the recipient list was out of date. So the right people never got it. It went to people that were no longer there, I guess. It doesn't really say in the report. Uh, So the people that should have got it never got it. And I, I do think it's, I mean, don't you think it's too much to ask, like, the people that the right people that should have been on that list. You don't you can't expect them to to have known about it on their own, right? I mean it would have been nice if they had known about it on their own, but like are they supposed to track every US cert notice? Yeah. You I, you're going the other way on this. I I'm, love it. I'm not I'm not sure. The thing is that if you're a sysadmin and you've got I don't know, like you're not running you're not administrating one system. Right. It's not like each system has one sysadmin. It's, so I'm I'm guessing that if you're if you're a good I'm going to say if you're a great sysadmin and if you're a big company like Equifax, you'd think that you'd want to hire great sysadmins because that's what your business is based on your yeah. systems. So you want to hire people who are great. They should. You would I would imagine that you would want to have people that are mo- that are keeping their eyes open for things like this because that's an important oh for sure right as far as require like what i expect that they would all be on all be watching these same lists maybe maybe not maybe they're on vacation and so on i just have this picture in my mind of the list yes you know sort of like a, a i'm thinking you know handwritten maybe you know stickies <laughs> on it uh you know, put, tacked up to a, a, yeah. a bulletin board somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think, again, you, you know, this isn't this isn't a retail organization that lost no. 150 million people's uh, credit card numbers. It's a it's a credit agency, credit reporting agency, who lost all of the information, or or, or lost control of the information that is needed to create new accounts f- and and basically identity steal. 150 million or so yeah. people. Um, that's that's a that's also by itself an order of magnitude greater than than anything that happened to to any retailer, um, or m- yeah, like other than OPM, I can't think of a of a breach that has yeah. a bigger impact on more people. Yeah, and and to, to your point, I I don't. It would have been nice if if there had been a a a particularly astute uh, administrator who said, uh, "Oh, I spotted this on Twitter. Uh, I saw this pop up on my feed. Do I now? Do, do I expect? Do I want a, a sysadmin to be on on Twitter enough to, you know, be catching the tweets about uh, an Apache struts vulnerability? Which, by the way, you know, I'm looking at, and it wasn't a zero day. It it wasn't under." Um, Attack. It was just, and I don't even think. I mean, it doesn't. It's not like it, the the alert that went out from U.S. Cert is is like, you know, in in 
it's got like sirens and fireworks around it. It's just, you know, Apache Software Foundation releases security updates. Apache Systems. Um, so I, I don't I, I don't know. I um, I I don't think it's fair to expect them to have seen it independently. It is just it's another thing to me that's like here's a very basic step. Make sure you have an updated list of the people that need to know about these types of alerts and these warnings, these patch releases. And they didn't. So, um, Yeah, and I, admit, I imagine that some of this stuff would come out if you have a threat uh, reporting. Yeah, that too. that too. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, so, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I, w- I was going to ask... So what were the consequences to Equifax? Nothing. Nothing. What do you mean, consequences? What are you talking Con- about, consequences? Consequences, schmonsequences? What, what consequences? For what? Well, they did, I mean, they did lose that, that uh, $7 million Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, were, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, well, go they, they weren't going to get that contract, the new, new contract. Anyways, yeah. but yeah, so the, the GAO report talks about... Um, it has some interesting details there about what um, happened with the, uh, the Equifax had a contract with the IRS for uh, identity ver- verification services, uh, taxpayer identity and verification services. And uh, apparently before the breach, uh, it had gone up to bid again and Experian won it or, or was, I, I guess, was awarded the bid. And uh, Equifax came back and said, no, th- that's not fair, and disputed the bid. And while the IRS was in the process of determining who ultimately would get the bid or, or reviewing reviewing the objection of uh, Equifax, uh, they extended Equifax's previous contract because they didn't want to have a gap in between. So they just said, here's a short-term contract to continue. And voila, the breach happens. And I guess, I mean, Peter, you looked into this. The IRS said, said you're out. <laughs> That's my understanding. And, and again, it's really hard to find. There's not a whole lot of coverage of, of these contracts other than the, yeah. the, the, that one in particular. Yeah. But um, my understanding is that contract didn't get filled because the, the system in question uh, does, is no longer accept or, or is not currently accepting new uh, accounts. So that was that was uh, the unconfirmed result that I found so far on, yeah. on digging up on that. But the, but there is uh, Equifax does have a credit report credit service reporting uh, contract with IRS, which pretty much is still in place. The the one big difference is instead of twenty four hours to report a breach, they now only have one hour. Oh, and I'm sure that's going to make a world of difference. Mm. Uh, <laughs> huh. An hour. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of the IRS, uh, so this was, the, to me, this was arguably the biggest takeaway because um, there are a lot of departments and agencies within the federal government, inclu- including the IRS, like you said, that have contracts with Equifax because of the data that they have and the services that they provide to consumers. So when this happened, uh, Equifax never told DHS. DHS eventually found out and said, hey, Equifax, do you need 
help. And Equifax said, no, 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 we're all fine here. We're good. Situation normal. Situation normal. Uh, and according to the report, the IRS, uh, U.S. Postal Service, and the Social Security Administration were all, all three of those like had had relationships, contract relationships with Equifax, and they were trying to figure out like what is going on here. What is going on here? Do we have the problem fixed? Who is exposed? What do we need to do? Do we have Social Security numbers in the wild, et cetera, et cetera? And according to the report, it said that those three agencies said it was unclear whether any single federal agency had responsibility for coordinating government actions in response to the to a breach of this type in the private sector. And the answer is there was none. I mean, I mean, the DHS tried, but there's no there's no law that says that Equifax Equifax has to allow them in and take care of things, you know. Um, so all these agencies were in the dark. They didn't know what's going on. They're trying to get answers. Um, there's no point of contact. There's no sort of central authority. And, you know, now you have IRS contracts. Who, who's, who's doing the contract? Is the data safe? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if the IRS contract, if IRS still has like a contract for identity services and and this, you know, the, the, the company can't even get its they can't even encrypt stuff. I mean, come on. Uh, surprising, but not surprising, I guess. So it's a year later. What happened to the Equifax uh, financially? Did they have any impact from? Peter, you're just trolling me now because you know the answer I, to this. I do. I do. You, you, you know that nothing happened to them. Well, I mean, they did. I mean, have there a was pretty, a dip in the stock. Yeah, it went from like 140 down to 90 something. But then it's it came but, back up. Yeah, it's now it's today. It was last last I checked on Friday. I guess it closed at 135. Oh, that's delightful. So that's great. Yeah, but think of all those poor people with all those poor shareholders who saw the value of their stock temporarily drop by mm. a third or so, mm. only to recover more mm. or less yeah. entirely. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, no, it's it's not great. It doesn't look like they ran into any sort of long-term tangible consequences other than the CEO stepping down and the, the they appointed a new CISO, I believe. Right. Um, yeah, a couple of people lost their jobs, two or three people. Okay. As far as we know. Uh, there's no FTC fine. There's no not, I mean, so and, – and this is where it gets more interesting to me uh, long-term when you talk about the repercussions. So GAO – investigation it ends they put this report out there's some issues with this report that i mean maybe this goes to sort of the fact that equifax is getting off with like kind of nothing i mean there, there's no sort of government sanction against the company other than a lost contract which i mean come on they were gonna that was going to uh experience anyways so um it said uh at one point, it was talking about the website. Remember the website, the breach checker? Oh, yeah. And it said uh, uh, the website experienced uh, several technical issues, including excessive downtime and inaccurate data. Okay. That's not what I would think of first when I think about, like, the exper- uh, um, the Equifax uh, uh, breach website. I mean, that had a lot of problems. You remember it's it, the URL? Right, it was a phishing URL. I mean, it was like a classic phishing URL. It, yeah, it was like the kind of URL that you go to the phishing URL store to get. <laughs> if there was such a thing. Right. Uh, 
Not only that, but there was they found out after this after the fact after the site was up and running, which you had to put your social security number into to get to get an accurate check. Uh, the website was vulnerable to cross uh, cr- um, cross site scripting. Yeah, uh, so it's vulnerable vulnerable to that. And then someone else found out that the trusted ID pin uh, uh, the pin generation. Was sequential. Remember this? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they figured yeah. out they 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 started crunching the numbers and they said, oh, th- these aren't random numbers. So you could guess someone's pin if you had enough information about where they were in the process. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, no, there's come there's a on lot of, a lot of a lot of amateur stuff. So so that's bad for Equifax, but it's also bad for the government because you do this report and. Look, I know you can't fit every little detail into the GAO report, but th- those those things about the website are major. And you're you're saying excessive downtime was one of the problems? No, man, no, it was a lot worse. So I'm not even sure that the government has a clear sense of what happened here to the full extent of what happened, um, not just with the initial breach, but the post breach response. And if they don't have a clear sense of what's going on and they don't know who the point of control or the point of authority is for handling stuff like this, that that that's not good, right? Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it is not good. Uh, any closing thoughts, Peter, as we wrap up? Any and I mean, obviously this wasn't surprising the 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 specifics, like I said, of the report, but um, Put hold on your credit reports. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I, I, I did before this came. That's right. Came yeah, out. but um, I'm checking on it, uh, checking in to make sure that everything is still yeah. locked. Because do you, I, yeah, do you think there should be in in cases like this where an agency or or a company has this much data on on users and is that tied to government agencies like the IRS, should there be more oversight? Should there be? Yeah, I mean, it, it's serious stuff. I yeah. mean, I, I, I have, I'm not thinking through my answer, of course, but but the fact is, yeah, th- this is, these are companies that have enough information that if a bad person gets them, your, yeah. all your stuff, yeah. they can then take over your identity and, and empty out all your accounts so seems like it would be good practice if dhs was you know said well you know for these types of businesses that are that sort of integrated into you know these agencies like the irs or social security administration we should think about having some type of closer oversight or ftc or um, uh, consumer protection um Something. You know, something. Somebody. Somebody should be in charge of that. Even, you know, and 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 I would say if any senators and and members of Congress are listening, I think it would be worth looking into um, uh, right, legislating how these companies do their business. Because I mean that's happening, but I don't. I definitely don't think they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Well, I mean. I, I think some I think somewhat less than half are probably open to listening. Yeah, and others are less so. But yeah. I mean, uh, Senator Wyden, Senator um, uh, Senator Warren, yeah, Senator Warren. Yep. Um, they they were actually on the uh, among the senators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yep. for this report to be to be produced. So, mm. so I mean, and and they and and Senator White, in, in particular from Oregon, um, has been very uh, uh, a, a very forward looking leader on on uh, cyber and, and information security topics. So, uh, yeah. so that's that's a, a a plus. But yeah, I think I think that this is important to. It's an it's an important thing that needs to be protected for our citizens. Yeah, we got a long way to go. I yes. think it's I think it's pretty clear from the the report. We got yeah. a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, Peter, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I don't think this closes the book on Equifax by any stretch. No, I but agree. I feel like we're getting closer to the end of the road. Like it's always going to be referenced as a major breach. It's not. That's all. But in terms of like, oh, here's another shoe to drop, or here's new information, or here's another thing that the government is doing. I think we're we're inching closer to the end of the road. I hope you're right. I I hope but, I'm right too. <laughs> but but I'm not. I'm not going to rule out. Like I will not be surprised if in the next year we hear about another big breach, at, whether it's Equifax or. Or, or one of the other major credit reporting agencies. But, I mean, I'm not convinced that those companies have cleaned up their act. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you. I appreciate the help. Thanks. Glad to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.